0: This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Welcome to the Encounter Community Church podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And I just wanted to remind you that if you are listening to this podcast via our website, if you wanted to, you can actually go to Spotify. You can follow us there. That way, when we post new things, it's automatically updated on Spotify. We're also on iTunes and wherever else you get your podcasts from. But just wanted to remind you of that. Uh, That way, like I said, whenever we post new things, you get it as an update, and it's easier for you to be able to follow as well. I also wanted to take this, this moment to say thank you to every single one of you who support Encounter financially. We did a giveaway of food. So it was really neat. We had families come by, and when they left, they walked away with boxes of food. So, and and we're not, we're not a large church, um, at least at this point anyway. (laughs) But we're not, we're not a large church, but it's important for every church to realize that the size of your congregation should not limit the size of your impact that you really can make a difference. And although yesterday we only passed out 22 boxes of food for about 11 families or so, you know what, I still look at that and I still am so grateful for that. You know, and and we could, it's easy to fall into the thing of comparing ourselves to other churches. Hey, if other churches are making a tremendous impact, praise God for them. Thank you for what it is that you're doing to touch the lives of others. And I'm also thankful. I mean, for us, that means 11 families that didn't have access to food, they do now. So so I'm thankful for that. And it was really neat because we posted it on the Nextdoor app. And one woman responded. She was like, hey, is it it possible for me to come pick up food for my neighbors? And I was like, yeah. So she came and she picked up food for her neighbors. And then she sent us a response back on the the Nextdoor app, I should say, sorry. But saying, God bless you guys. They just wanted to say thank you so much for the food that you gave. She actually picked it up for an elderly couple that lives next door to her. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that. And, again, I just want to encourage every single one of us that are listening. It doesn't matter the size of the impact. It's just that you do. It's just that you make one. It's that you... Step out and that you allow your life to count, that you allow your life to make a difference. And, and hey, if, if it's that you have t- changed the life of one person, praise God for that. If it's that you turned one person's frown upside down, you know, praise God for that. And I just want to thank you for what it is that you're doing. And, and I just want to encourage every single one of you out there, find a way to make a difference especially right now in the midst of COVID-19, it's so important for us to step out and really do what we can to allow our lives to count, for us to do what we can to just be the physical personification of the love of Jesus Christ to this world. What can you do? And I think if... Every one of us, if, if we just kept our eyes open, we could find it. I, I'll give you a prime example. Look at grocery store workers right now and how tough they're having it. I mean, we, we've seen all of the video sound bites, right? Or the video bites, we, we've seen it. People going in the store and turning over mask displays. Uh, I saw a woman that got upset because they asked her to put a mask on And she, how do I say this? She relieved herself. She urinated. Okay, I'll just go ahead and say it. She urinated inside the store. I saw another video of a person who spat spat onto the countertop. For those that are working in grocery stores, they're having it really hard right now. So, you know, a simple thing that you could do just to make a difference is when you are in the grocery store aisle, and there's that person that's there that works in the store and they're stocking shelves, just to say, you know what, I just wanted to take a moment. I know that things have not been easy lately with the way that people have been complaining and the way we're dealing with this situation with people not wearing masks, and I know that you are putting your health at risk to be able to serve people like me. So I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you. When you go through the cash register, say something like that to the person who is doing a cash register or, or to the person that's bagging the groceries. Say something. If, if there's someone that's in the parking lot gathering the baskets, say something to them. Just even that alone. Because, you know, when, when all you've been hearing is complaining and arguing and frustrating, people being frustrated, and someone comes up to you and just says, thank you, oh man, right? I mean, just think about how would that make you feel? So it it doesn't have to be something tremendous to do to make a difference, but it is something that is just so, so needed right now. So let's do, if, if everybody, just think about this. If everybody did every little thing that we could do, how many needs would be met? How many smiles would be had? How many tears of joy would be expressed if every one of us just found a small way to listen and make a difference? When you compile all of those small differences being done together, oh, man, there's, there, there's nothing. There is nothing more beautiful than that and here's the thing if if you're a christian and you're listening to this it's kind of an expectation by god for us to do that and if you're not a christian and you're listening to this first of all thank you thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this but if you're if you're not a christian and you're listening to this you can spread love too (laughs) you know Uh, as being a christian or not we don't have the corner market on love (laughs) so you can express love too So, again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I just wanted to ask this one question. I I think it's one of those that's really good for us to to ponder over. And, And the question is simply this. What is faith? Like, if you could sit down with someone and have a conversation about faith, what would you say? that faith is? And, And the answer to that question is one that I think is of life significance. When we understand faith, or if we don't understand faith, it really does impact the way that we live this life, Christian or not. Matter of fact, there are some of you who, if you're not a Christian, as you're listening to this, maybe you're not a Christian because of the way that someone defined faith to you. Or maybe there's some of you who are listening to this and you're a Christian, but you stop going to church. And, and maybe you're at a point where you even question your Christianity. And, and the reason why is because of someone's description of faith to you so this is one of those words it's one of those words that we throw around in christian circles a lot it's one of those words that you hear a ton faith 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 i mean so much so george michael even did a song about it right gotta have faith 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 (laughs) right even did a song about it i don't think it was that kind of faith but i just couldn't resist But when you think about faith, it's of utter importance that we understand what it is so that we are able to communicate what it is in a way that for those who do not believe in Jesus and for those who have walked away from Jesus and for those who are considering walking away from Jesus, that maybe if we define faith in its proper way, then maybe it might be easier for someone like that to cross the line of faith. Would you agree? Like if you're listening to this and you're not not a Christian, would you agree that maybe one of the reasons why you haven't made a commitment to Jesus Christ is because of the way that someone has described faith? And, I, and I'll tell you, the way that they probably described faith to you is you listen to them and you look at someone who has faith and, and the thing that goes to your mind is, um, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to be offensive, so, so you probably don't say it. But in your, in your mind, you're probably thinking, have you checked your brain in at the door? <laughs> like, Because with what you're describing, you're just saying, well, man, you just got to have faith. You just got to have faith, bro. You just got to believe. You just got to believe. And I I wonder, well, is there something more to faith than that? Because sometimes when people say, you just got to believe, you feel like, are you just denying the evidence of what it is that I'm bringing to you? Are you just denying the questions that I have for you? I remember growing up in a church and the church I grew up in, you know, the pastor said, you don't question God. You don't doubt God. And you've heard people say that, right? You don't question God. You don't doubt God. And they will even use biblical justification for that. Because in Isaiah, I think I, I think it's Isaiah 55, where the Lord says, for my ways are higher than my and your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So therefore, you do not question God. Well, I guess my response to that now is, Have you read Psalms? (laughs) There is a book of the Bible called Psalms, and really Psalms are songs. But but in that, you know what happens in that? They question God. What about Abraham was called the father of our faith? Did you know that he questioned God? He had questions. There's a story of Job and who he is. He questioned God, he questioned God. So, I mean, we can go through the list of people. Moses had things where he questioned God. David, one of the most famous people in the Bible, one of the most famous kings of Israel, David, the one who the Bible describes a man after God's own heart. If there's anyone, who would have faith, you would think it would be someone who's described as a man after God's own heart. And yet, he still had moments where he questioned God. So I want to make it clear that if you are someone who has been around another person who calls himself a Christian and it feels like they've checked their brain at the door, and you're not becoming a Christian because you feel like you have to do the same thing too. I get it. I get it. I completely understand why you have chosen not to be a believer. I completely get it. I get it. So that's one of the things I've also seen where faith will be taught as this idea that you muster up enough belief, That if you have faith, then God's going to step in and God's going to do incredible miracles for you. And if miracles aren't happening in your life, if things aren't working out in your life, if your finances aren't working out, if your health isn't working out, then that means that you do not have enough faith. Well, imagine if you're struggling. And how many people are going through COVID-19 right now with these issues that are happening? And they're struggling. They're wrestling. If you tell that person, well, you're struggling because you don't have enough faith, and because you don't have enough faith, God's not doing what you need him to do, oh, boy, man, what do you think that would do to your faith? Matter of fact, that might be the reason why some of you who are listening are not going to church now, is because you were told a certain situation that didn't work out for you. And you were told the reason why that situation didn't work out is because you did not have enough faith. And oh man, did that rock your foundation in Jesus? Because all you were trying to do is muster up the faith to make this happen. Because you wanted it so badly. You wanted it your mom and dad's marriage to work out so badly. You wanted your finances to work out so badly. You, you you mustered as much faith as you could get with this supreme confidence that God was going to do something. And nothing happened. And it rocked you. It rocked your faith. I get it. I remember when I was a kid, and I came across a passage where Jesus had healed a blind man. Now, for those of you who are listening, just want to let you know that I am pretty much blind in one eye. Like when you go to the optometrist and you do the eye chart test and they have the big block E at the very top, that big block E in, my, in one of my eyes, that is all I can see clearly. And here's the thing. When I was born, the optic nerve in my right eye never fully developed. And so there's pretty much nothing at this point that can be done. I always, every time I go to the optometrist, I'm always checking for technology. But my condition is such a rare condition. And also, you know, it's really tricky because the optic nerve is directly connected to the brain. So there's some fear there as well. But there hasn't, there hasn't been any um, miraculous surgeries or technological advances that have been done to be able to 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 fix it so i remember when i was younger and i came across a passage of jesus healing a man born blind and i just heard a, a, a message about faith and just that message was saying that if you had enough faith then god could heal you that god could heal you And so i remember i remember very vividly, bowing on my knees and saying, God, I would love for you to heal my eye. I would love for you to heal my eye. Would, would you do that? Because you know, when you don't have two good eyes, there are just certain things in life that you just don't get a chance to be able to participate in, like 3D. <laughs> Like, remember those 3D pictures that used to be where you could stare stare at the picture, stare at the picture, stare at the picture, and all of a sudden an image would present itself because you could see in 3D? Well, I could not do that. I could not do that. And I would have people say, well, just stare at the picture. Well, look off to the edge. Look at the picture, but don't look at the picture. I get so much, I can't freaking see 3D, knucklehead. (laughs) Or I would go to 3D movies with my family, and I'd be like, and everybody would be, ah! I might be screaming, ah! And I'd be like, and I'd be in a crowd going, what? What? What was it? What happened? So my wife and my kids would have to sit next to me and say, oh, that arrow that that guy just flew, flew right into our faces. Like, oh, I could see why you'd scream then. So, so I prayed like, God, could you do that? Could you, could you heal my eye? And I prayed 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 and I believed and I believed and I believed and I had faith. 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 I had faith, I had faith. And it never happened. It never happened. And I'll tell you, it rocked me. It rocked me. It rocked my belief in Jesus and in God for a long time. A long time. Until one day, it just made sense to me. I began to think about all the miracles in the Bible. And of course, they're going to talk about the miracles in the Bible because they're miracles, right? But when you think about this, think about how many miracles during the lifetime of Jesus that weren't recorded or that didn't happen. I mean, for every person that Jesus Christ raised from the dead, there were still thousands that he didn't. For every blind person that Jesus healed, there were still thousands that he didn't. For every deaf person that he made hear or mute person speak, or lame person walk, for every miracle that he did, there were still many that he didn't. And you know what is really important? That never denies the identity of Jesus Christ. The miracles that he did do and the miracles that he did not do, he is still the same. He is still the same. So, so with that in mind, I, I just want to take the next few minutes and just talk about what faith is and just kind of dig into that a little bit. Uh, we studied the Hebrew word emunah. We're in the middle of a series called, called Seven, and we're looking at seven words every Christian ought to know, But but I want to tell you this, if if you're not a Christian, I I want to encourage you, don't tune out, because these words maybe might it might revolutionize your life. And maybe if you are able to see faith differently, then maybe it might cause you to think faith or rethink faith, depending on what your perspective is. And then it may bring you to a point where, you know what, that that actually does make sense. That I understand. That I can get. That I can get behind. So the Hebrew word that we study is the word emunah, emunah, is actually derived from the Hebrew word aman. And yes, if you think about it, aman is where we get the word amen from, is where we get the word amen from. So when we look at this word, it means things like pillar, support, stable. So it, it talks about this idea that it's, it's secure, it's grounded, it's rock solid, it's the foundation of your home. For example, right, if, if you want to have a strong home, then you must have a good foundation for your home. Matter of fact, if you decide to build up in your home, let's say you try to decide to build a second addition to your home. If you had one store, you know what they do is they go back. They sure up the foundation of your home to make sure it can support the weight of the new addition that you put on your home. A building is only as strong as its foundation. And I will say that as well. Your Christian life is only as strong as its foundation. So in all of those situations, what is faith and what does faith mean? Here's what's beauty really about this word, amunah. What amunah is about is, is simply this. It's it's faith is living in secure, in secure confidence of God. Faith is living in the secure confidence of God. Not necessarily what God can do, because God can do all of those things and we trust him. But what if he doesn't do it? What if he doesn't do it? Faith is still confident in God and that God ultimately will do and does know what is best and will do what is best for us. Now, it may not feel like what is best. <laughs> it may not. But he will. There's a secure confidence. And that secure confidence in God affects the way that I live. I, I started to do something, I started to go back, and I wanted to look at every instance where Jesus said, Oh you of little faith. And here's the thing that I thought was really interesting. For example, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, verse 26, in Matthew chapter 8, the disciples are in a boat with Jesus. The storm comes. Jesus is actually asleep on the boat. The storm comes, the disciples freak out. They wake up Jesus and they say to Jesus, don't you care? And Jesus turns around and Jesus says to them, you a little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. It was completely calm. In another passage in Matthew chapter six, Verse 30, this is what's called the Sermon on the Mount. And in Jesus talked about the Sermon on the Mount. It's the most famous message Jesus has ever given. And what he really digs into is what does it mean to practically live in such a way that we are grounded in our faith? Sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, matter of fact, I might do a series on that one day because it's, it is so filled with such good principles of life. And one principle that Jesus talked about is do not worry. Do not worry. And he says this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 30. If that is how God clothes the fields, because he, he talks about God taking care of the birds of the air. He talks about the, the grass. He talks about those other elements. And he says, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Or there's another point where Jesus uh, is, is with Peter and Jesus is walking on the water. And the disciples see him, and they freak out because they think it's a ghost. And Jesus says, no, it's not a ghost, it's me. And then Peter says, Jesus, if that's you, then tell me to walk out on the water. And Peter does. And Jesus says, yeah, come out on the water. So Peter gets out on the water. He walks on the water. And then while he's walking on the water, it says that the waves, he, he looks around, and he begins to see the size of the waves. He begins to feel the intensity of the, of the wind. And all of a sudden, it says that he began to sink And then he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus, it says in Matthew chapter 14, verse 31, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, why did you doubt? Or or there's another time where the disciples are arguing about bread because they were on this journey. No one had brought bread. And so they were arguing like, what are we going to eat? What are we going to do? I don't want to be hungry. Are you going to be hungry? I mean, there's, no, I don't, there's not a McDonald's right here. <laughs> there, there is no Bethlehem Mickey D's. <laughs> so, so what are we going to do? I can't get a Happy Meal. And it says this, aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, you of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? And he also says, weren't you there when I fed the 5,000 and we had food left over and we have food left over. So here's the thing that's really interesting is in every situation where Jesus said, oh you of little faith it always it, it looks like it's about what he does but it actually isn't. What it really is about is who he is is who he is. Oh you of little faith it's about who he is. do I trust that he has my best interests that he tr- do I trust? He will look out for me. If I'm on a boat and Jesus is on a boat and he's sleeping, you know what I can do? Hey, if Jesus is sleeping and he ain't worried about it, then I ain't going to worry about it either. Hey, Jesus, scoot over. Let me share that pillow with you. (laughs) That is what faith looks like. When Jesus is on the water, Jesus, if you're walking on the water and I'm out there with you, I don't care how big the waves are. I don't care how big the wind is. Jesus, I'm going to still keep walking right here with you. Jesus, if you have fed 5,000, then I know that as I'm walking with you, then, hey, you know what? You can feed me too. You're, you have the capacity to be able to take care of me. Now, how are you going to do it? When you are going to do it? Where are going to do it? What you are going to do? I, I don't know. But I have security in this, that God, you're gonna take care of me. Ultimately, you'll take care of me. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything will work out the way that we want it to work out. It doesn't necessarily mean that. It doesn't. There have been times where I have prayed for someone's healing. I remember this. I remember this very vividly, that I was praying for someone who was sick. And I was praying for their healing. And the person passed away. And I remember being so angry at God, thinking, God, I prayed for this. Why didn't you step in? This was an opportunity for you to show your power. And I remember very vividly that God placed something on my heart which said this, Ken, how do you know I didn't hit this? They believed in me. They trusted me. They followed me all the days of their life. Think about it, Ken. They're in a situation now where there's no more pain. There's no more suffering. There's no more hospitals. No more tubes. There's no more. And, Ken, they're with me isn't that the ultimate healing? Yeah, I didn't didn't do what you wanted me to do. But they're with me. And I remember thinking, oh God, please forgive me. Please forgive me for my lack of vision about you and who you are and the way that you work and the way that you reveal yourself. So faith, is this secure confidence in God and who he is. Matter of fact, you know what salvation is all about? Salvation is all about knowing and believing who Jesus is. That he came on this earth, he lived, he died, he rose again. That he's the son of God, that he has the power to die and to rise from the grave. It's all about who he is. And if he has the power to do that, then he has the power to be able to forgive me for my sin. And in that situation, then what Jesus Christ has done is he's done the ultimate work. So my confidence is this, is if God, if you have done the ultimate work, then I can live. I can live every day. In Matthew chapter seven, there's this part where Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And there will be some who will say, well, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? And I will say for, to them, depart from me, you evildoer, for I never knew you. And that word knew, that word know, that word knew is, is a word of intimacy. And, and how, do, how does God get to know us is that we ultimately get to know him. It's, it's about us stepping into this place where I know you. There's another, in John 10, Jesus says, my sheep know me. They know my voice. They know my voice. So faith is this grounded, secure confidence in Jesus and who he is and the way that he reveals himself. And so with that in mind, it looks like this in Psalm 13. I wanted to to read that to you guys. Psalm 13 says this, How long, O Lord, will you forget me? Forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts, and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? You think he's having a good day? Look on me and answer me, O my God. O Lord, my, O Lord, my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. My enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. You think he's having a bad day? But then something happens. Verse eight, but I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. That's faith. That's faith. Faith is that utter confidence in God and who he is. Can I have questions? and have faith? Yes. Can I have doubts and have faith? Yes. Yes. Because that's what we see in this passage. But in the end, I still walk with confidence. Why? Because of your unfailing love. God, you love me. You have given me my salvation. You have given me eternity with you. And I can go back and I can look at my life think about all those moments where you have been good to me. And with that, I continue to live in confidence. I continue to live in confidence. Now, what does that look like? It looks like this. Obedience. I'm obedient to God. Why? Because I'm confident in Him. See, many times we sin and we make the choices that we make because we doubt God. We doubt God's ability to take care of us. We doubt God's ability to make us happy. We doubt God's ability to take care of our needs. And so what we do is we take matters into our own hands. And usually, many times, that means that we compromise moral or biblical principles. So what does it look like when I have this confidence in him? It's obedience. I still go out, I still put in the job applications, I do all of those things, but God, you're gonna take care of me. Even when I don't know where the food's going to come from, God, you're going to take care of me. Even though I'm in the midst of starvation, God, you're going to take care of me because of this element. It's this confidence in Him. It's this utter confidence in Him. So I hope as we have dug into faith, that it's helped you in some ways to understand that faith is walking in secure confidence in the character and nature of God. God, I know that you love me. I know that you love me. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. I just wanna let you know that I've been looking at what's happening in America today. So I've decided in about four weeks when we finish up this series called Seven, I'm gonna do a new series called Politics and Religion. I know, right? Now, let me tell you what this series will not be. It will not be me trying to win you to the ideology of one party or another party. It will not be me trying to win you to, the, to support one issue or another issue. Th- this will not be, matter of fact, one of the reasons why people struggle with Christianity is because they feel like Christians are too political. And, and so how, how do we navigate this? Because here's the thing, and here's what we're gonna talk about in this series, is what good is it if we win the vote, but we ruin our reputation? What good is it if we win the vote but we make an enemy in the process. What good is it? What good is it? And is it possible? Is it possible for us to believe completely different on an ideology and still be one, still be unified, still be an example of God's grace and mercy and love? So I'm telling you, you don't want to miss this this series. So politics and religion is going to be starting up in four weeks. Well, again, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. And just remember, encounter is about three things. Love up. Let's fall madly and passionately in love with God, learning how to love him more so that our faith becomes that much more grounded in him. Love out. Hey, let's take a moment, as I said this week, to show love to someone else and love in. What are you doing to take care of yourself? Get rest Wear a mask to protect yourself as well as, and, and more importantly, to protect your, protect others around you. But pound the vitamin C. Stay at home if you can. But do everything that you can to take care of yourself and be as healthy as you possibly can. I'll well, take care. God bless you. Thanks again. And we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services as well as the events that are happening at our church. And you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our church allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.